Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. We've got two Bible readings this evening. The first one can be found on page 725 in your church Bibles. That's from Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 6. So that's page 725. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Our second reading is from Mark chapter 1, verse 14, and this is on page 1002 in the Church Bibles. Page 1002, Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Carolyn. Hi everyone, good to be with you again this evening. Please keep your Bibles open at the Mark passage. That's where we'll be for this evening. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. As we sang in your word, they're the words of eternal life. Jesus spoke the words of eternal life. This evening as we hear his word. Please might we hear those words of eternal life and receive them for ourselves. Help us to be people who do repent and believe the good news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time of year, uh, for many, is a season of new things. We've got new students coming up to university, plenty of children will have started at a new school or just a new year. I know quite a few adults 
uh, starting new jobs at this moment as well. And when you come into a new situation, you need to ask, what is expected of me and can I do it? At university, you need to know when your classes are and what work you need to do and, and when it's due. And then you'll have to think, can I do all of that? And is it wise to join all those clubs and sports team at the same time? In a new job, you've got to be very clear what you're required to do. I once had a job at Lewisham College in the summer helping with admissions. And I had the worst training imaginable. I didn't understand what I was meant to be doing, and I had no idea how to use the computer system. And the next day, the students started coming in, and, uh, and I was at a complete loss. I had to call my supervisor over for every single student I saw. It was embarrassing. Well, what is expected of us when we become Christians? And can we do it? Many here will have been Christians for a long time. I'm sure you would give uh, pretty good answers to those questions. Some will be new to all of this, maybe investigating, maybe young in the faith. But for all of us, it's good to go over the basics, set these foundational ideas in place well, because that's where we are in Mark's Gospel. We're still really early on, just putting down some foundational ideas. There's a simple framework for Mark. Three themes, identity, mission, and call, all related to Jesus. Identity, who is Jesus? What's his identity? Mission, what has he come to do? And call, how does he call people to follow him? What does that look like? And as you read the gospel, for almost any passage you find yourself at, you can ask, is this about identity, mission, or call of Jesus. In chapter 1 already, we've had uh, some first bits on his identity. He's the Messiah, the Son of God. We've seen bits of his mission. He's come to bring forgiveness of sins. He's come to defeat Satan. And now we also get some foundations of the call. Within the story, Jesus has been baptized then gone out into the wilderness, and then it says this, verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. John is John the Baptist. He was the forerunner to Jesus. He spoke truth to power. He called out Herod for his bad behavior, and he was arrested and later beheaded. So Jesus then starts. He goes back north to Galilee, and he begins preaching. And he says, the kingdom of God is near. We could do a whole sermon on just that phrase. But I want to focus on the call that then follows. So I'll just say this about that. The kingdom is near because Jesus, the king, has come. And he's going to establish his rule and his reign. And it will be unlike any other human kingdom. It won't be a geographical area. It will be a people scattered around the world who have accepted Jesus as their king. And they'll be different from the world. They'll have different priorities. They will serve 
and love and bless. But for us today, let's consider the call of Jesus, the call to come into that kingdom. And we'll see it in three parts, three words, repent, believe, and follow. So firstly, repent. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. What does repent mean? When I was a kid, I heard it explained two ways, and they both stuck sort of vividly in my mind. We had an old school minister at my church. I can picture him saying this, repent. It's from the Latin word repenio, meaning to turn around. Now, I looked that up this week. It's not true. <laughs> uh, it's, from a, it's from a French word, which traces back to a different Latin word. I'm not even sure if repenio is a Latin word. The youth leader, as is often the case, did a much better job. He showed us a Star Wars clip of Han Solo and Luke running through this spacecraft down a corridor, round a corner, and into a bunch of stormtroopers. They quickly turn around and run back exactly the route they've just been. I've no idea which film it was from. Someone here afterwards will know, even just from that description, which film. There we go. <laughs> He then um, he paired that film with uh, a clip then from Legally Blonde. Reese Witherspoon in her sort of trendy sports car is, uh, is driving down the road. Uh, she sees something, does a screeching U-turn and drives back the other way. Because repent means to turn around, set a complete change of direction in our life. No longer going one way, now going another. All people by nature live for ourselves when we should be living for God. He's the creator of the universe. He is our creator. We owe him our obedience, but we ignore him and we live for ourselves. It's called sin. It has many outworkings of all sorts of bad behavior, but the key thing is that rejection of God over us. It's worth noting that you can be living for yourself and still do good things. Love your kids, give to charity, fight for justice. Just as you can be living for God and still do bad things, get drunk, speed, lie. But God cares about the direction of our life most of all. He doesn't want perfection. He wants us living for him and then his grace covers the rest. So Jesus calls us to repent, to turn back to God. And it'll take some honest self-reflection. Different moments in life might prompt this. Changes of situation, starting something new, failures or mistakes, even achievements that didn't satisfy. We pause and we think, what am I living for now? And maybe when we look honestly at ourselves, we see that right at the center, it's just me. It's what I want every time. And God isn't on the scene. 
An honest self-reflection will need to be matched by an, a humility to admit that that's not okay. Culture today says it's fine to live for yourself. In fact, it's your duty to live for yourself. It's self-repression if you don't. But friends, there is a God to whom we have a higher duty. What is expected of Christians? To repent. Can I do it? Maybe. Yes and no. I mean, it it must be possible if Jesus is asking us to. But it's hard to turn away from living for ourselves, isn't it? And we're going to need some help because we'll just drift back. So that leads us to our second point. Believe. Believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news news. It's not just about this fresh resolution to live for God. There is also a message for us. Some good news is announced which we need to believe. But what is the good news? It's not said here. It's left tantalizingly undeveloped. If you want to know, you should read the rest of the gospel. Trouble is, I'm a gospel preacher, so I can't resist telling you and who knows this may be the only time someone here comes to church or it could be the last time we ever get to go to church so here's the good news of Jesus as developed in Mark's gospel Jesus came to save sinners he went out looking for the bad people in society and he showed them acceptance. He declared that he has authority on earth to forgive sins, to make them right with God, to make us right with God. And he did that by paying the ransom price for us. For us to become right with God, to pay for our own sin, that was impossible. Like trying to get a camel through the eye of a needle. But with God, nothing is impossible. And his plan was that Jesus would pay the ransom price for us. And that means giving up his life to take the punishment we deserve. And so by the time you get to the end of the gospel, that's what happens. He's put to death on the cross. He's innocent, but dies in our place. It's the price he chose to pay. Three days later, he rose from the dead then, and our salvation is complete. Friends, that is the good news. It's odd. It's unexpected. It's different from any other religion. It's not about what we do for God, but what he has done for us. It's a gift, an offer to be received. We've been advertising Hope Explored this evening Uh, That's one in a series of courses. One of the other courses is called Christianity Explored. It's based in Mark's Gospel. And the illustration they use is of an experiment that a London newspaper did. They got a man to stand at Oxford Circus, right in the center of London, and to give out flyers. On the flyer, it said, if you return this flyer to me, I'll give you five pounds. It's odd. But it's good. It's very simple. But hardly anyone believed. 
Yet for the few that did, they came back and it was true. They received the gift. Forgiveness of sins is available as a gift from Jesus. And it's received by believing the announcement, by coming back and asking for it. To do it, you pray. You speak to God. You say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You can do it tonight. You can do it on your own when you get home. You can come and talk to me afterwards if you want help. It's available for everyone. And then you go on daily believing it, believing that you are forgiven by the work of Jesus. We're going to take communion later. This is us acting out our belief and and we do it again and again. We come up and we receive the bread and the wine, the body and blood given as a ransom for us. Reminding ourselves that we do nothing. It's all a gift to us. Remember that as Rob and I give you the bread. What is expected of a Christian? To believe the good news. Can I do it? Yes, you can. Doubts will be in your mind, I'm sure, right now. Onwards in your life. That's okay. But it's good news. And it's true. And it's for all of you. Then thirdly, follow. It's not just our resolution or even just a message of good news. It's a person, Jesus, who calls us to follow. Verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. I wonder what it was like that moment when Jesus walked by and called out. What was it they saw in him? What meant that they just had to follow? Something in the, his words? Something in the warm sort of authority he had? Did they get a glimpse of his cloaked glory? I would just have loved to have been there and seen the man walk by and stop and call out to me. The reality is, though, that we all hear the call of Jesus at some point in our life, in one way or another, maybe some here this evening are hearing it for yourselves. 
when you read the gospel, go slowly. Try to picture it. Jesus is so special. There's no one else in all literature like him because there's no one else in all history like him. Christianity is all about him. He's the great friend who walks beside us. He's the wise counselor who knows the right thing in every moment. More, he's the mighty king who rules and rescues us. Even more, he's the son of God, the Lord of all, who commands all things in creation. He says, come with me. And could there be anyone better than Jesus to follow? There will be things we have to leave behind. They left boats and nets, family and business. It's not that they have to leave those things. It just sort of happened naturally. Other disciples kept their family connections. Someone must have kept a boat because they were always in it. It's a new focus in life. Leave behind the old and follow Jesus in the new. So it might mean leaving behind some aspect of our old life, the the places we were seeking pleasure, or the work we did, or the way we did our work, or some of our relationships. Will we follow him? Some won't know enough. You need to find out more. That's okay. Please read the gospel. Come back here each week as we work our way through the gospel. Come on that Hope Explored course as well. Christians, we have chosen to follow Jesus, but will we really let him lead? I sometimes say it's like being in a car with Jesus, and I ask, which seat is he in? Is he in the back? Coming along for the journey, it's nice to have him with us. Or is he in the passenger seat? A bit more important, maybe he's giving some navigational directions, but we're still driving. Or will we let Jesus take the driving seat? Maybe we can't let him lead because we don't really trust him. We need to grow in that then. We need to read the gospel too, slowly, appreciating Jesus. You can come on Hope Explored too as well if you want. What is expected? To follow. Can I do it? Yes. You can. Many have and will testify that it's good. It gets hard when we really let him drive. He takes us to some uncomfortable places, but it's still good. And will we ever change? Look at verse 17. What does it say? Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Or many of us will know the more traditional words, I will make you fishers of men. Not a command to be fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. How will we change? He will change us. Can I do it? This call, all that's expected of us, yes, you can. 
because he will do it in us. So at this time of new things and new starts, there's lots of exciting things going on. What will you prioritize? Why not prioritize hearing that call from Jesus for the first time or again and again? Reading the gospel and getting to know him more and following him wherever he might lead. Why don't we do that? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this passage this evening. We thank you for this picture of Jesus preaching and calling and people following. Lord, we are sorry for our sin. Please make us people who are okay repenting. Lord, we thank you so much for the good news. Please make us people who believe it. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus our Lord, our Savior, and our friend, your Son. Help us to be people who joyfully follow him. In his name we pray. Amen.